in Bosnia we like it may be funny, but in Bosnia we eat a lot of bread. So like you don't eat it's like Latin cultures eat a lot of rice. For us it's bread. So you don't eat a meal without a piece of bread. So I came here and then the first night at dinner, like we received dinner and there was no bread. I was like, oh my God, like I'm gonna starve here. There's no bread. <laughs> like how am I gonna survive? I need bread. Like <laughs> and I would always eat and I always felt like mm, like I needed a piece of bread, like to be happier, you know. Ah, uh, bread. Why, yes, I do understand. What's not to love about it? But I'm happy to report Enisa did, in fact, learn to survive without having bread at every single meal. I'm Emily Tafur, and this is the Globe for Good podcast, where we explore international cultures through people and share the stories and journeys of immigrants from all walks of life. Thanks for tuning in to episode three. In my almost decade of living in New York, I have had the great fortune and pleasure of meeting people from so many far corners of the world. People who continually challenge me, teach me, enrich me, and blow me away. I cannot think of someone who personifies these descriptors more than today's guest. Uh, hi, my name is Anissa and I'm 34 years old and I was born in Bosnia. I've been here for 10 years now. I came here first time in 2008 and I stayed for two years and then I went back home and then I came back again in 2012. So it comes to 10 years altogether. But like the last time in eight years, I guess. Yeah, eight years. How and why did she go back? The reasons she stayed this time and more on how her life has been completely transformed to come soon. But first, let's start at the beginning. Enisa is from Bosnia, formerly named Bosnia and Herzegovina, a small Balkan country in Southeast Europe. Without going into a whole geography lesson, these are a few key facts that are critical to following Enisa's story. Number one is that Bosnia is a very religiously diverse country. However, the religious majority, not by much, about 51% of the population, is Muslim. Also, the ethnic and religious diversity is connected to their varied national identities and conflictive history. Growing up in Bosnia was not easy, but it was fun because now when I'm remembering it, I know that we had a lot of fun. But uh, when I was five and a half, we had a war in Bosnia, so we had to move uh, from where I was born. We had to move to another part of the country. And then there, we were living in the war for three years, I believe. But uh, kids, I don't think we felt it that much because we didn't really understand what's going on. And like the old time that we had to play, we would just like play and forget what's going on, I guess. As someone who grew up, even though quite sheltered from, but still within a civil war in Colombia, I could relate to this. We do tend to remember things with a tint toward the positive, or at least we hope to. And children have the marvelous ability to detach into the imaginary. I wish we all stayed like that. But I wondered if Enisa, as an adult, actually had any more vivid memories of living through the gruesome Bosnian war. I have a lot of memories of the war. Like, I don't know, I was five and a half. I don't remember everything, everything, but there are like pieces that I do remember, like, like, grenades and like 
people like shoot like shooting the guns at us you know and i remember when i was going to school actually when i was in i think i was in first grade uh, we were walking to the school because the school was not that far from our house so we were walking like with a lot of kids and the grenade you say fell down fell down yeah yeah so grenade fell down <laughs> sorry <gasps> so it's really close to us so like i saw that people i was with my brother like we saw like we saw that people and it wasn't the first time that we saw them i guess in the war like now when i think about it like it's normal i guess to me it's normal because i've seen it but probably from like people from other world they did from them it's not normal i guess i guess the most like traumatic stuff i remember like i remember when we had to leave our house uh, i remember when we had to leave my dad who stayed like after us and then he came like we didn't see him like for months we didn't know if he was alive or not What's really difficult is that all that trauma, unfortunately, stays with us, for better or for worse. These events become part of who we are. I honestly think that uh, old generation, like my age, all the kids, when I, I like talk to them, they all like have some kind of like trauma that like follows that. But I also think it's normal because we went through a lot. Yeah. 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 And so I think we all need some help, but we never got it. We just went through life. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I think I should like see somebody like to talk about it because every time I talk about it, I get really emotional. But anyways, yeah, I think like I, I dream a lot about war. Like I dream that like I'm running away and like somebody's trying to like kill me or like grenades or shootings. I dream about that a lot. And it's not only me, like all the my generation and like older, even more like they are the same. And then like here I met people and I ask them, do you ever dream about stuff like this? And they tell me no. So like there is a little difference because we went through this, I guess. But yeah, I, I have a lot of memories. I, I wish that I didn't, but you cannot really erase it. It's there and it happened, so. It's impossible to erase history. And this is living history, alive in the memories of the people who lived through it. In her words, the Bosnian war. It was a civil war. It was also based on religions. The thing is that we were, my country was part of Yugoslavia and then one by one country started to separate. But we still were kind of like in the group with other countries. And then when Bosnia decided to separate and get independent, Serbia, our neighbor country, didn't like that. And then after we got independent in March of 92, that's when the war started. Like it all started then. And then they tried to keep, they tried like they were attacking Muslims and um, they wanted to just clear the part of our country that was on the border with them and they wanted to take that like land from us and then they were killing people to do that. But before we fall too far down a conflictive and difficult historical rabbit hole, you'd have to meet Anisa yourself to know that this is just one part of her difficult past. There is so much more to her today. So moving on, Enisa has one brother, who she is really close with, and by the time she was 21, she and he were both enrolled at the university, studying geography. I was going to be a teacher, but in Bosnia, the situation was really bad. There was no jobs, like you would finish university and you could not find a job. There's corruption everywhere. If you don't have a connection, you cannot get a job. It was like that. So I did not work at all then, and I was like, my brother was also studying the same geography and other some of our friends that we know that would finish the school they would like be unemployed after 
And I was like, what is the point? I have to go and seek for something more. Because even though if I finish here and study, because it's really hard, as you know, I'm not going to have anything out of it. I'm, if I find a job like in a supermarket, I would be lucky, but there was not even that. This is a reality for many, not even just looking abroad, but here. In my tenure at restaurants, teaching at preschools and more here in New York, I've met plenty of college grads who simply cannot find reliable work in their field. And don't even get me started on professional actors. So Anissa decided to take preemptive action and alter her future. I came to the U.S. when I was almost 22. I came as an au pair. It's a program that brings nannies all over the world to America. And then you it's kind of like uh, exchange, student exchange that you... Uh, live in American family, help them take care of the kids, and then you travel with them and you l- learn about American culture. I just wanted to come and see how it is here because I saw it like on the movies and I just wanted to see like, is life really like that? And I really liked it, but my uh, goals were never to stay. I wanted to come, stay like year or two years and then go back home because I really, I had like my family, everybody's there, I was by myself here. By herself, in a way, but more on that in a minute. To understand her immersion experience, it's vital that you know she wasn't an au pair in just any old place USA. She first experienced the U.S. in the playground for New York City's rich and famous, the Hamptons. So I came to Bridgehampton. I was lucky. I ended up in a really nice place. I came with a family in Bridgehampton. I came from this small town in Bosnia, from small house to this amazing house with a pool. It was just amazing. It was like even more than I expected, to be honest with you. And I really liked it. I have this beautiful room. It's like something that I never had back home. And now like I had it all and it was beautiful. And aside from the bread situation, which all jokes aside, was a serious adjustment for her. She claims she struggled with... Also the language. I came, I had English in school like to whole like elementary school and high school and I communicate like with the host mom that's the person I was there out there like English everything but then I came here and it's like they are kids you know like you have to communicate with them it was challenging at the beginning but I had I guess I had a good start and the family was really nice so like they told me if you don't understand anything just like ask us or try to explain and we will like tell you how, like what is correct so yeah that was It was good. All in, like, it was a really good experience. Yeah. I have to pause here to note that I personally find this a huge and courageous risk. Like, think about it. It's a crapshoot. Anissa speaks of it casually because she was lucky to have had an incredible experience. But can you imagine going to a different country you've never been to before and maybe having to live with an awful family who mistreats you on top of adapting to... The new language, food, culture, everything? It sounds like something out of a nightmare. I say this only to highlight how brave she must have been to make this choice and not know what kind of humans she was going to be living with and caring for. Also, I do believe you reap what you sow. So Anissa being the kind and wonderful person that she is deserved this great experience, and I'm glad she got it. So I stayed two years, but then after two years, I had to go back home. Uh, because of the visa but anyways I was really ready that time that I was here I was so ready to go back home I just 
it was the first time ever that I left the country. I was 20, so I never went anywhere. Like I was living like, in Bosnia, everybody lives with their parents. Like you don't like turn 18 and you move out. No, like you live with your parents or you get married and then you go to your husband's house. And usually like when men, they get married, they like bring wife to their house and that's it. When I went back home, I was happy like for two weeks. I was with my family. I thought, oh, in these two years, everything changed. Probably when I go back, it's going to be like so much better. And now that I have experience being in America, maybe I'm going to be able to find a job. And I went back home and like it was the same thing. And it was after being here, going back home, it was really, it was kind of depressing for me because it was just so different. Now I saw that there was something so much better and there's like this whole world and I was living there and I, I didn't feel happy. And I really knew like I wanted to go back. I felt then I was like, I like it here for a little bit, like to see my family, spend some time. But then I don't think I, I really didn't feel that I wanted to live there anymore. If you think about it, this is a question or conundrum, if you will, that really challenges everything for a person. I experienced it too. Rather than a simple, this is where I live versus that's where I live, it's a question of identity, of community, affinity, and goals. It's a question that challenges the deeply rooted love we all feel for the place we call home and forces us to ask ourselves difficult questions about where we can be our truest selves, where we can thrive and aspire toward our dreams, even if, sadly, that place happens to be far away from those we love. It's a question we should all ask ourselves at some point in life, immigrants or not. So, Anissa came back. I came back again as an au pair with the same family. Yes, so I was with them for another two years. And um, yeah, I thank God, like they give you option for au pairs to like until you're 26, you can be au pair. Okay. And then I came here like in September and in October I turned 26. So I grabbed the last three. <laughs> it's, I, I just have to tell you like, there's, it's a really hard for Bosnian people to get visa to get to United States, and being au pair was like one of the easiest ways for them to come. And again, you reap what you sow. Her previous family, of course, wanted her back, and she was able to come back to an environment and community she already knew, knew she loved, and had had two years to adjust to. A lot of that, too, has to do with community. When I came, I was... I would go out with uh, other au pairs that were also from other countries. And like that, we met people. When I came here, actually, the first time there was a girl from Bosnia that already had her little group of friends. They were from like Colombia, Mexico, Ecuador, different countries. And then she introduced me to them. And then I became friends with them. And since then, we've been friends till now. And mostly of them are also like from different countries. And this diversity is something most of us love and celebrate about living here. It makes for an exciting daily life to live in constant learning and openness to global cultures. It's just like I never imagined in my life that I would meet somebody like who spoke Spanish. Like, oh my God, never. I, I watch TV and like I heard the language, but like to actually meet a person who actually speaks in all different languages. And here there are people all, all over the world. Here comes one of my favorite parts of Anissa's story. I'll admit I'm biased because I'm a linguist and lover of languages, but this just blew my mind when I met Anissa. Get this. I speak three languages. I'm really proud of that. <laughs> Who would tell a girl from Bosnia speaks three languages? Like, yeah. I speak Bosnian and English and Spanish. 
How in the world did a Bosnian learn Spanish, you ask? I'm a little bit embarrassed to say, <laughs> but I have to. So back home, when maybe I think it was seventh grade, I think I saw my first telenovela or like soap opera, you would say. So then like that was the first introduction of Spanish to Bosnian people. We were whole country was addicted to those soap, to telenovelas. Like we would stop whatever we were doing. You would go and watch telenovelas. So that's how I like I was I came to the I watched so many. I also sometimes I was like, am I proud of it? Maybe because I learned the language from there. My dad always told me it's such a waste of time, but no, he doesn't think that way. I came to the point that like I could just listen and understand what they were talking because he would speak Spanish, but subtitles were in Bosnian. So that's, and when I came here, I was not able to speak yet, but people would talk and I would understand everything. And then little by little, I learned Spanish. So now I can read, write, everything. It's like Spanish is, I think I use it more than English. Note to self. Watch entertainment in another language. It is most definitely not a waste of time. Anyway, back to the story. We left off at Anissa was here as an au pair again, and... So when I was au pair, I met this guy that we are still together, eight years almost, and he's from Ecuador. That's how I learned even more Spanish. So we started dating, and then we were to... I was working, we were dating for like, Two years, I believe, and I was still working with the family. The kids got bigger, oh, but they have. I they always needed help with something, so I I was still working. And then I got pregnant, so I worked. I stayed with them until I was eight months pregnant, and then I moved in with my partner. Here's where the story hits another heartbreaking hurdle. Remember, I mentioned that narrowly Muslim majority Bosnian population. I come from a Muslim family. First of all, is that so? My I never told my parents that I was even dating a guy who's not Muslim because all my life I was raised like you cannot do that. Like you're supposed to be with a Muslim. It doesn't matter from what part of the world he is. As long as he's Muslim, it's fine. And like you can never be with somebody who's not. And of of course, all my life I always liked somebody who was not Muslim. I'm not even kidding. So I was pregnant. My parents. I was pregnant. My parents even didn't even know that I had somebody. Like they did not know. So I was pregnant. It was not, it was hard for me to hide it from them. Like, because I was by myself. I don't have family here. I mean, I have a lot of friends. It's really helped and I love them and I'm grateful for everything. Yeah, but I don't have family. Like I don't have my brother here, my mom, especially in moments like that, like to go to pregnancy, like I wanted to share so much with her that I was not able to. But in my heart, I felt if I would tell them, like they're not gonna talk to me anymore. So I like, I didn't wanna lose my parents. I cannot possibly imagine the struggle. Torn between tradition, expectations, and a growing reality, a new life, and the hormones. My stomach gets into knots just thinking about what she went through. There are some traditions that are not supposed to be like broken. And I was the one, the first one in the family ever to do that. That was like, but more was like affecting me. Like, I, or, or my parents gonna be embarrassed of me. Like I felt many, many ways. Like I cried like a lot during the pregnancy. Like I just didn't know what's gonna happen. I did not know until I had my son. When I had him, I was like, oh my God, like I do not care. I'm gonna tell my parents they can accept it or not. I'm not gonna hide my son because then I like really realized what is it to be a mom and like, I was just like, 
I just cared about him, to be honest with you. So anyways, I told him then. I actually told my brother first because so I, he had to give a bad news to my parents. <laughs> so I told him first. He was like really surprised, like why you didn't tell at least me, you know, like, you know, I would support you. I would never, you know, but anyways, I just didn't tell anybody, nobody, nobody in Bosnia, you not even my friends, because I didn't want to tell anyone, but that my parents don't know, like, I just felt it's not fair. So anyways, I told him and then he told my parents and my parents took it really, really well. I was like, what? I did not expect that. So they really surprised me. Like, I was really afraid of what my dad would say. But he said, as long as she's happy and she's healthy, like, that's enough for me. Because my brother told him, like, I have to tell you something, like, it's really, like, serious, you know, like, and he thought, like, something bad had happened to me. When he told him that I had a baby, he was like, oh, thank God, like, it's nothing else. Even with how hard all of this was, Enisa does not regret having her baby boy, Eli, here, even though she's far away from her family and in a foreign country. She adores her son and loves the life she can give him here. She does, however. I really regret not telling them because I didn't know. Like, again, I really didn't know because all my life I was raised. No, and no, you cannot do this. And if you do this, like, we're going to disown you. You're going to embarrass us. It's like a lot of, and we have a really big family. And like, I was also afraid of like opinions of other people. What they going to say? Oh, my uncles, my aunts. Even when I went back home with my son, who was four when we went. Yeah, actually he was almost four. Uh, and I was still like embarrassed a little bit when I would like go to visit like some of the close family, like what are you gonna say? Or they look at like me weirdly, but they really did not. They really accept and they loved my son. It honestly like I'm really happy how it turned out to be. Goes to show that you never really know what lies on the other side of your fears. When I asked what she missed the most, Aside from traditions and holidays, Anissa feels... In Bosnia, it's still like kids play in the neighborhoods, like they're out whole day. It's different. That's like the thing that I miss the most, I believe. And also like the neighbors around you where you live, like you talk to everybody, you know everybody. They can come to your house whenever you like have coffee outside on your porch and like more people come. It's like more, but here it's not like that. Like I, where I live, I don't think I even know my neighbors. And they're like, if you're missing milk or something in the house, you would go to your neighbor, like, and they would, oh, give me some milk I needed, like, I'll give you back, whatever. So that's what we did. And that's, I think, I also miss a lot. But after this epic roller coaster ride, I am delighted to inform you this story has a truly awesome, happy ending. I was home with Eli for four years. I did not work until he started pre-k yes he started pre-k and then i started looking for a job because i was like okay i've been home enough i really need to go out and like see other people and not talk to about kids that much anymore so yeah so i i'm i found a job uh at saunders and associates it's a real estate company here in the hamptons and i've been there a little bit more over a year now and i really like it i'm really happy it's just amazing i sometimes say to myself like i cannot believe from where i came that I'm like, now I'm here and I have a job that I love. And just living here, it's amazing. I'm really happy. Like at this moment, I feel like I'm happy. I'm at the place where I really want to be. So yeah, so life's good. And if you weren't inspired already, I leave you with this. I think that really dreams come true. Like if you really like, and if you want something really bad, it can, it's going to happen to you. 
And I think you should try because when I was going to come here, a lot of people were telling me not to go. Everybody was almost against it. And if I listened to them, I would not be here now where I am. Thanks for listening to the Globe for Good podcast. My music is by Juan Esteban Arango. Graphic design by Brendan Bowling. Production, writing, editing by me, Emily Tafur. Catch you next time.